It's the PC Per Podcast, episode 648, being recorded on October 13, 2021. I'm Sebastian Peake. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Brett Van Spruenberg. You can be notified when we go live by going to PCPer.com slash subscribe. I got an email earlier, so I knew to do the podcast tonight, which is how I use the service. Uh, and you can support us at Patreon. Patreon.com slash PCPer. Brett. Do we have a this week on Patreon update? You know we Twop. do. I um, I I took a, I took a break from reading my copy of the Necronomicon. I set that aside, and I took a look and uh, saw what uh, was coming in through Patreon, and we got a couple of new uh, uh, donations uh, subscribers to our Patreon place. Ooh. One uh, with a really fantastic kind of a sturdy sounding name, Dennis Wardell. Uh, that just sounds like a very steady kind of like a great guy. Like, oh, Dennis, you know, you're like you're talking about your friend Dennis Wardell. Are you going like somewhere with this? No, not really. Okay. And then the the other guy, <laughs> it's more of a juxtaposition. The other guy has got a great name and just the way he spelled it because his name is Bob Zombie with an X. Bob X O M B I. Like Rob Zombie. Bob like Zombie. Rob Zombie. Yeah, you get it. He's already a Patreon, so I mean, <laughs> we can't use the same name twice, right? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Right, right. So, hey, thank you both. Appreciate it. Really appreciate it. We do appreciate help. it. Yes. We do. We also appreciate... But, well, you know what we will appreciate? What? Hearing about Josh's banging wieners. Uh, yeah, I was not expecting this one. I'd never heard of it before. Usually, I like, you know, a little warmer, you know, spicier type burgers that are interesting. And But I'm a big fan of bangers and mash, and so I haven't had bangers and mash in a long time. So today was the banger burger. Banger burger. Three bangers on top of a heap of mashed potatoes on top of two burger patties covered in brown gravy. It's the banger burger. It's like seriously a pound of meat after all is said and done. And you have to eat it with a knife and fork. The bun on top is merely decorative. It it's not useful at all. It's uh, scoop up the gravy. Yeah, well, I guess you can, but it wasn't that much gravy on it. I mean, they could have used a little bit more, but they didn't want to make it too soggy. So it's just almost the right amount of, of gravy for when you're cutting it apart and eating it with the mashed potatoes and the bangers. And your two quarter pound patties. It's just, it's just, you know, as they once said many years ago, happily, excess is never enough. <laughs> and it was you, excessive. How are you so still alive? It's never enough. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it just, you look at your arteries, just want to harden. It's like two meals in one. You can have a burger one day and bangers and mash the other, but you you take it in all at once. And now, instead of being 24 hours of fasting, I'm probably going to be 36. <laughs> Let's just look at this one more time. Well, that's Josh. Look at Josh that's one more time. That's me. Then look at this. Yes, I've got healthy tomatoes behind me. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, tomato update. They're all, uh, we've got like, you know, seven tomato plants in between uh, some cherry tomatoes, some grape and uh, some some bigger, you know, kind of beefsteak type. Uh, they're, they're all just, you know, 
They're producing tomatoes like gangbusters right now, even though they're all inside because outside it snowed yesterday. Like six inches, four, four to six inches, something like that. And what better way to stay warm? Yeah, so they're all in the house <laughs> and enjoying it, along with the uh, jalapenos and banana peppers, and I can't remember what so else we've got. That, is but... this bacon here? No, I think that's, uh, no, it's definitely not bacon. What is it? It may be the top of one of the patties that just is a little strange colored with okay. the, I don't know, but. Rare? There wasn't Drew any bacon. cranberries. Wow. No. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just look at this. Look at this. It looks like a close-up of an artery, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's not. It's not good. That's my. That's my omentum. <sighs> after they cut me open for the oh. autopsy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this one's cream-filled. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we talk about this? Is this is why this is why I eat Huel the rest of the week? <laughs> Shall we talk uh, about the most exciting graphics card launch of the year so ever? Far? Yeah, mm, possibly ever, almost ever. We're yeah. of course talking about Radeon RX sixty six hundred without the XT. So you take Navi twenty three, you disable four compute units, you tailor it. I don't. I, I get disabling CUs because you might have a, a die that doesn't have everything up to snuff. But they also reduce the memory speed from 16 to 14 gigabits per second. Everything else is the same. 1792 shaders. Here's AMD's slide for it. Still eight gigabytes of memory. It's the same, basically the same card with four CUs disabled and slower RAM. So if you compare it to the XT on this chart here, game clock is slower. It's like 300 megahertz slower. Boost clock is about 100 megahertz slower. So you'd think it's going to be a little bit slower. Less memory bandwidth too, because it's only 14 gigabit per second memory. So that drops to 224 gigs per second. And look at this nice uh, XFX card that AMD sent us. The Swift SWFT. Swift. Swift. It's a. It's kind of a small board. Uh, doesn't even really, you know, cover the both yeah. fans even. Yeah, as you can see from the rear, where it has that cutout that everybody does this now. I had not really seen it before NVIDIA's RX 30 series cards came out, and now all the cards have a pass-through. Cutoff jeans are becoming a thing. Back. Cutoff graphics <laughs> cards. Yeah, I, yep. I'd seen a few um, Vega 56s that had that because they were generally somewhat small. Okay. For some reason. And then single 8-pin, which it doesn't even need an 8-pin. I guess 8-pin's all they use anymore because this really just needs a 6-pin. The total graphics power of this board is only 132 120? Oh. And here we go. Here's the GPU-Z screenshot, if you're interested. Like the XT, it's also a by 8 card. This says that it's the Navi 23. It's basically a, a mobile... It's a mobile GPU. It's found in the 6600M and a couple of their workstation cards and these. And I the suggested pricing on the GPU is going to be 329 if you can find it for that. It, I looked this morning on Newegg. It was actually available in the Newegg shuffle. This XFX Swift card was there for 329 So this is, this is a stock card. There will be, of course, overclocked variants. We'll have to see if any of these ever actually show up in the retail channel. 
But for now, you pretty much got to use the shuffle. Any any thoughts before we look at some of the performance numbers? I I looked at it tonight on Newegg just to see where the prices had sort of settled out and uh, more than double your indicated MSRP, <laughs> unfortunately. Okay. Well, hey, when I looked Above at the shuffle seven. at nine something this morning, yeah. or maybe it was ten, it was there. Well, they're yeah. above seven right now. Pretty sure. I just looked a couple hours ago. Well, they did that with all the other previous ones. They would have them all in the shuffle, and they are all an actual MSRP, and uh, very few people actually got them. And then well, they raised all the prices, and mm-hmm. you never saw another sixty six hundred XT or sixty eight hundred X sixty seven hundred XT. Seems like it would be a good one, but yeah, they're just never there. Never there at MSRP. Never. Never. I found it amusing Never. going over to AMD.com and going Never? down to shop shop graphics cards, and none of them show up. But you can click shop uh, local or something like that. It takes you right to it. But if you use the navigation on their menus, it, nothing shows up under graphics cards. Well, once a week, once every week or two weeks, they actually release the cards. You have to log in to that AMD site. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes before they release in the morning and then you get put in a queue and once they sell out the cards then they'll kick you out of the queue oh, that's probably why but, the page is empty yeah fun times that happens no. tomorrow by the way tomorrow at 8 o'clock mountain so get in there at 7.30 if you want one yes we can't promise you which one or that you'll get one at all oh they, they usually have the entire range from really a 6600 XT to a 6900 XT, uh, even the midnight black ones, but they're limited, limited numbers. Mm-hmm. But what isn't limited? The unbridled power of a 28 CU GPU. Just imagine unleashing that on your 1080p games. And I did. Well, well you can always imagine. Assassin's Creed Valhalla 1080 DX12 high preset. The Swift 210 RX 6600 manages about 83 to 84 frames per second on average. About 11 frames per second slower than the 6600 XT. But the MSI Gaming X1 that we had was a slightly overclocked model. The number that is out there is about 10% slower than an XT. In my testing with that slightly overclocked card, it ended up being 12% slower. Then our XT, look at Metro Exodus, here it is, 78 frames per second. The XT is 93 frames per second. In the middle here, you'll see, well, actually, Assassin's Creed Valhalla was the one game that I tested that had the advantage over the RTX 3060. Uh, is the point I'm trying to make. The rest of the tests, the 3060's above it by a little bit. I imagine that would actually go up. The, the lead would be increased if I went to higher resolutions. I didn't test 1440 yet because the 3060 has more RAM. But, you know, it's that weird card that has 12 gigs instead of 6 or 8. Hey, I, I appreciated how far uh, sort of down you tested Vega 56, RX 580, all the way down to 1060. I mean, so many people still have all those cards because you know, they can't get anything new. Not that they can get this one either, but at least yeah. it's a meaningful comparison to a lot of people. I feel like the 580, especially. If you have an RX sure. 580, it's also sure. an 8 gigabyte card. We talked about this with the 6600 XT launch. It's just, it's it's still good. I mean, like, we're looking at, you know, some older titles too, but 
Look at that Vega 56, man. I know. It's that HBM. Yeah. Hi, good bandwidth, man. Good bandwidth. Yep, these modern games that they love their they love their VRAM, they love their memory bandwidth. In fact, in Far Cry 5, you know it's an older game now. I need to start using Far Cry 6, but 128 frames per second from the 6600 non XT. Right behind that at 111 is the Vega 56. So if you still got one of those, this isn't that much of an upgrade, depending on the game. I mean, right? I mean, are you really going to notice it? 111 to 128, probably not that often. Yeah, no, not really. So that was kind of Wendell's uh, point. I watched the level one text review earlier. And he was saying, like, no, they're not the same, even though he was joking that they were the same, the XT and the non-XT. But his mm-hmm. point was essentially, if you're just playing a game and you're already over a certain threshold of FPS, you're not going to notice the difference. So get this one, because it's cheaper, theoretically, if you can find it. But you probably can't. Yeah. But look at the yeah, power. Especially when you're using a, a monitor that's going to follow your, for your frame rate slash sync rate you know, anyway. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not going to notice screen tearing or anything like that. And look, it just sips power compared to... This is the Vega basic. 56. <laughs> yeah, it's still there. Yeah. So more performance <laughs> in the Vega 56 with oh, 96 watts, 94 watts less power. With a 5800X, 32 gigs of fast memory, and an 80-plus gold power supply was only pulling a total of, like a max, 260 watts from the wall during a gaming test. So anyway. If it was available, would you recommend this? It depends on the games. Like the AMD optimized games, you're going to be able to leapfrog the 3060. But all things being equal, remember the 3060 actually is supposed to be a $330 card. So it's It's supposed to be, yeah. Would you get the 3060 (laughs) and 12 gigs of RAM or get the 6600 non-XT and 8 gigabytes of RAM? Well, if if you're playing Far Cry 6, you'd want the 12. That was yeah. what I was just going to say. Yeah. 1080p in the high def textures, that's what they're saying. Yeah. If you look at just AMD cards, this is about 12% slower than a 6600 XT for 15% less money if you're just going by MSRPs. So, it's Which in normal times would be well. a nice thing. Yeah. Just we're not in normal times. I don't even remember normal times. It's just mm. yeah, and it's not exciting to do graphics card launches right now. It's yeah, it kind of feels well, I mean, bad. You know, the, the only available 3060 that I see, and especially on Shuffle, is the EVGA for 399 And that's essentially their base model. There is nobody that offers anything close to a 330 or 349 or whatever a 3060 is supposed to be. I mean, that's that's essentially MSRP is 399 and you get into the MSI ones when they offer them on the shuffle, and they're all 530. And same with Asus, they're all up there. Gigabyte sometimes a little bit lower, but EVA GA at least is the lowest of the group with actual product that they're shipping to Newegg quite often. So you see them on the shuffle all the time. Hey, the reality is, is it's it's terrible everywhere. I give you a data point. I looked up at Micro Center today. You know how good prices are at Micro Center, right? Fantastic mm-hmm. all the time. Micro Center is going to be the best. Uh, 6,800 XT pricing out of Micro Center, $1,500. Out of, well, they have less for that several. in Canada. They have several on the shelf. Come and get them. Sweep them. $1,500 a pop. Sixteen fourteen ninety-nine. Okay. Fifteen. Okay. Is the for 6,800 6, XT. 6,900 XTs sell for about sixteen ninety-nine. 
And yeah, you can actually find them on Newegg for that in stock, but that's yep. they're seventeen hundred dollars. I mean, mm. yeah, better. But they're really still cheaper a than card. a thirty eighty Ti or uh, the twenty eighty XT or sixty eight hundred XT. I didn't even. They're, they're literally cheaper. Oh, well, I just yeah, I pretend even that those don't exist outside of pre-built systems. Like if you want an <laughs> RTX thirty series card, you have to buy a computer from someone. Or you could pay the exact same amount for just the card if you really want it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know why you'd want to do don't. that. Don't. Yes. Don't support that. Windows 11, the, they had promised a patch because AMD Ryzen processors were significantly slower. Well, they slower, did deliver a patch. Up to 15% slower with Windows 11 versus Windows 10. It's a feature. Well, the, the first patch... They improved it. Down, it slows it down <laughs> even more. Are they in cahoots with Intel? What's going on here? No, don't blame upon malice what can be blamed on incompetence or something yeah, like so. that. I guess so. There weren't any known issues with the update, according to Microsoft, in the release notes. But, well... There's just a little <laughs> bit of an issue. And I, 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 I want to see a report that actually shows like the before and after cache latency, because that was the big thing. Cache latency and um, the preferred cores... It's just this, like the scheduling thing. This is this is like when Ryzen first was released. We had to wait for the operating system to kind of catch up. Yeah, the next link I put in there, which was the resolution. Here's WCCS tech article. Like, okay, so yeah, uh, yeah. Part of it is AMD, which I mean, I honestly that's, expected. That's okay. the link after that. <laughs> oh, we just haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, it's the next one. So okay, so ten twenty one. And then there's an update there coming 10.19 for the L3 cache latency issue. The CPPC issue has been resolved, it says. AMD driver power profile is in the release process and targeted for GA release on October 21st. So the cache latency issue that everybody's running around with their hair on fire on is supposed to be addressed on 10.19. Yeah. But that okay. isn't the only issue. If you look at the next link, okay. you'll see that the blame is spread around like hot butter. Okay. Ooh. Oh, yes, well, you're going to have to Moto reporting on this. AMD promises to fix two bugs causing reduced performance in Windows 11. This was written Friday. This is old. It's old news. <laughs> it's so, it's just them promising. It's so several days ago. It's yeah, the the news today is that the first fixes came down and made it worse. I I appreciate the fact that we have a schedule now, the 19th and the 21st. So by the 21st Let's check back on this. Let's reconvene. What day is that? Is that next Wednesday? Well, the other one's a, a well, they're both software. But I mean, the other one's a Windows 11 fix. So that'll come out with the latest of Windows 11 fix. But if AMD's patching it, it's probably going to be like update your BIOS time. That's a little different. More AGISA code? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, it's yes. Yes. I yes. think it would just be driver related. I don't know. But well, it's, it's, it's actually part of the way that the UEFI uh, makes calls, apparently, is, is what they're saying. Gizmodio offered their, you know, usual in-depth interview of everything that, you know, matches my in-depth level, but doesn't just link to a different story with more details. But they're saying that it is actually in the, the schedule itself on the motherboard and that they can patch it to help it. But I guarantee you there will be a GISA with it as well. You know, it's funny that it works fine with Windows 10, but then Windows 11, suddenly you have to Breaks update it. microcode. Well, is it though? Is it funny? A bunch of shit they didn't need to. Oh, damn it. 
Right. <laughs> DRAM, you Canadians, correction, you... imminent, Jeremy. I like this yeah. giant graph image here. It's, it's very nice. stonks. Very stonks. Yeah, but I didn't go for stonks because everyone uses that. Oh, okay. This was, uh, it, was it was Nanya that uh, sort of first officially said this. And Did you say I mean, Nanya? Not, I, I thought that nope, she doesn't Nanya. talk to people anymore. Ah, it's a different oh, band, yeah, Josh. It's your business. She, yeah. she, she broke her silence to talk about DRAM prices, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, I could it's see her And it's that. Nanya business if she does or not. <laughs> Nanya business. Exactly. Please run away now. So there's a, a, a very large oversupply of RAM sitting overseas in the factories because, well, it's, it's actually kind of hard to sell the things that that would go into. Uh, most notably, we're looking at uh, system RAM and hopefully uh, video RAM. NVMe RAM, well, no, that's not going down because, well, it still sells like hotcakes right now. But for system memory, we're probably looking at a, a fair price correction of, you know, at most, or sorry, at least 15 to 20% uh, is what they're sort of talking about in the general prices going out to sellers. So you're going to see a hopefully an equivalent drop in prices. And the other problem is that, that one of the worst possible things, positions you could be in uh, as a manufacturer of something is realizing that the next generation, which is going to completely and totally, you know, make the stuff you have obsolete, is coming very soon uh, and in fact is you know being pushed by some of the memory makers having a lot of ddr4 lying around kind of is not a good thing to have with ddr5 coming up really freaking quick on the plus side if you're looking to buy uh, some more system ram don't do it now wait about a quarter we should see prices think- start to drop i think they've already yeah. dropped i mean you can get 30 coming down uh, you can get 16 gigs of 3200 for sixty six dollars, mm-hmm. and four months ago that was that was up in a mid eighties to low nineties when we were expecting a much larger jump in pricing. I don't know if they're so going to go, go down, down much lower than that. Maybe a little bit, but I think that if I don't think you would be disappointed if you needed a DDR four upgrade. Note I didn't say DDDR DDR five DDDDR. DDR. That's all. Yeah, DDR five prices are not going to go down anytime soon. This is like Rambus pricing back in the two thousand. Yeah, it's. Have you looked at those numbers? It's a scam. DDR five is a scam. At their their yeah. You Why are they almost bad. always timed? This or so the latencies are almost the same, regardless of what speed it's running at. Right. It's okay. Well, I it's, looked at. It, I, I haven't published anything on this, but I got a press release from a couple of people about DDR5, including G Skill. It's like, oh, yeah. the G Skill stuff. That's good. And their premier kit that they were advertising was Cast Thirty Six. And G Skill is the company I'm currently using in our GPU test bed because they had sent a set of. 3600 cast 14 memory super fast mm-hmm. uh, Samsung ICs works great on all the AMD platforms and this is Samsung IC stuff they're advertising but I think it was like DDR5 6400 CL36 yes it's I can't imagine that it's that much faster when the cast latency but, is more than twice as high 
isn't the, the, the thing that drove me nuts in that, and they specifically spelled it out a couple of times during it, is the, the DDR5-5600 CL36. DDR5-6000 CL36. 6400 CL36? Like, I don't grasp other than pushing the high stuff. Because yes, that will be noticeable uh, when your CL timings remain the same and the frequency jumps. But seriously, well, I mean, like, part of this is the architecture as well, and how I mean, yeah. it's it's a different architecture memory, uh, and so it's not going to have a lot of the same rules. Obviously, the DDR four and, and DDR three and all those down, you know, back when DDR was a thing, and you can get you know CAS four. Now CAS sixteen is is good, and fourteen is best. But yeah, it's just. Um, I don't know. You put a certain amount in the numbers, obviously, but overall, it at this point in time, and like every other seeming new memory standard, the first generation of products are just. I mean, they they don't offer anything above in terms of actual performance from the previous generation. It's not until you start getting up there that you know when we see the eight thousand sticks. Will we really start seeing them kind of, you know, stretch their legs and and become, you know, better than DDR four stuff at at thirty six hundred and above? I was just looking at this uh, the press release that Tom's Hardware had. Apparently, JDEC uh, standard for sixty four hundred is CL forty six. So CL thirty six mm. is very good. Let's pause here to hear from our podcast sponsor this week. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Time spent searching for and interviewing candidates can take time away from managing and growing a business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get to the candidates worth interviewing faster, and it's free. Recently, I myself had the opportunity to use LinkedIn Jobs to locate potential positions, and it was super easy and very productive. You can create a free job post in minutes to reach not just your network, but far beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. The role you post can have applicants fill out targeted screening questions, allowing you to find the most qualified candidates with the experience, skills, and motivations you need. Then, use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash pcper. That's linkedin.com slash pcper to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're back, and we're going to talk about Process technology, because we're computer oh, no. podcasts. How about, okay, we've heard about 7 nanometer a lot, 6 nanometer, Intel 7, whatever that is, Intel 5. What about Samsung 2? Josh, Josh, Josh. Nanometer. 2 nanometer, nanometer. gate GAA, gate all around. Gates all around us, man. Gah. Gah. Yeah. We're a couple of years away from this, what, 2024? And uh, their two nanometer probably would be more comparable, probably to TSMC's five, maybe. But no, or the the three probably is five, but two. Gosh, the GAA, you have to deal. I mean, it's 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 all it's all structure at this point. Um. Because leakage would be so horrible and and 
quantum facts would start rearing their ugly head if 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 you didn't uh do other, any of these mitigations um maybe it's still a little early for quantum effects but we're getting close um i mean it's it's like gaa is is like super finfets but you know it's, it's a different structure altogether i mean finfets started really the 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 3d type um extension of of transistors from planar and gaa is is it's now another it's not fourth dimension but it's still you know three-dimensional yeah it's it's crazy they're spending billions and there is so much um demand that you know samsung kind of got off the, the accelerator a bit and as well as global foundries and the demand though now is is just so huge uh they they find that they have to invest this money to get these products otherwise it's going to be a tsmc and intel world and we wouldn't want to live in that we would like to have a few other options uh nvidia certainly has had a lot of success with samsung's eight nanometer process even though it's no seven nanometer tsmc it's still they've at least gotten it into pretty good shape um intel they're slowly making their way uh, 10 nanometer will probably never be as mm, profitable as the 14 nanometer process was, but it's at least usable and they're going to hit, a, see a couple of hit points in, in, in margin, you know, when, when they eventually go to, you know, as much 10 nanometers they can, but it's not horrible. I mean, it's not great, obviously. Uh, but it's it's better than uh, you know them going to a third party and paying TSMC a lot of money. Um, yeah, I mean I'm I'm excited for it, but two years is a long time in this business because test wafers kind of work, and you know hey we've had you know good luck with this, and then you throw complex ASICs at it, and strange things just start breaking. For no apparent reason and you get confused and then you dig more and you spend years and millions of dollars to try to figure out and finally it's something that nobody obviously ever expected and it's just the way it goes it's like the migrating voids back in the day yeah yep the other nice thing about this was that uh samsung has refined their 17s and their 14s like Josh, you were talking about the 14 nanometer, which is, you know, lucrative and probably will continue to be. But one of the reasons I think they're doing this, and it's more combining a couple of stories that I've read together than them explicitly saying it in this. But a lot of the car companies, which are right now, you know, utterly and completely shattered because they can't get the chips that they need. But they're on like 40 nanometer process and larger. So by making it a little bit cheaper uh, for them to change to 17 or 14 from Samsung and Samsung ramping up their uh, production might see a little bit of, uh, you know, a bit more container ships stacked outside your port with cars on it, as opposed to just being empty. Yes. There's still the that problem too. Think of the environmental concerns that the, the automobile companies have underneath, you know, exhaust temperature, engine temperature, sunlight, stuff like that. So, I don't blame them for being on a much larger process because it's so much easier to cool. Mm-hmm. But hard to convince people to fab right now. Yeah, there is the other problem is that 
you know, they can't get out the lucrative stuff, let alone the, you know, the easy stuff that doesn't yeah. make them much money. So if you can push them up to like 14 where you're making a lot of decent cash and you keep the heat and power, yeah, if, you if might they can. be able to convince them. If they it's, can, it's yeah. going to be interesting. Like so many other things right now. Hey, I'm actually in line for a 2022 vehicle that I can't get. So it's supposed to be delivered this year and I'm not going to have it till probably three months into next year. Mm-hmm. I, I feel your pain. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is, is true. And that's assuming it's not stuck on a container ship. Speaking of heartwarming stories, hmm. Android hasn't forgotten you or your data. <laughs> you may have thought oh, nice. that nice. you were playing nice. But there's a reason that Android is free. There's a reason mm. it's on so many devices. Mm. It's being subsidized by a little thing called your privacy. And uh, as Jeremy wrote, it's, uh, they're still sending it to the mothership. On everything except for Lineage OS and... What is EOS? I don't know. I just learned about that today. <laughs> I, I've never seen it before. Uh, apparently it is a GitHub project that's uh, an Android branch, which like pretty much refuses to install anything that isn't open source and doesn't phone home. Uh, Lineage OS, uh, you can install some of the, the Google apps on it and will immediately start phoning home and cross-referencing with everyone else that uh, you possibly have on there, but at least it doesn't come pre-installed. Uh, and they've got a cut. They offer a couple of open source projects like micro G or F droid that get you Google like apps. I'll say, uh, but you're not going to have to worry about Google phoning home. And I think one of the reasons they brought this up is one, this was in the news. This is in the news every year. We point out that yes, your, your phone literally freaking tracks you and all those little opt out things you say, Oh, okay, well I'm going to opt out and I'm going to, totally erase my Google ad ID and start a new one. Yeah, well, your IME never changed, so they bloody well know that, yeah, here's all your old history. We just won't feed it in immediately so that doesn't seem so obvious that we still know everything, even though you think you've deleted your past and started a new one. They also brought up how uh, a lot of the Samsung system apps even if you don't have any of the specific Google programs installed, still relies on Google Analytics. Uh, Microsoft OneDrive depends on Google's push service. So that means that anything that Google has collected, Microsoft is also able to collect without breaking their agreement to say that we're not ever going to directly collect this from your phone. Well, we didn't. We just sort of got it from someone else who is allowed to use it, and we just sort of... Shared so, it. so does this like turn into a song? Anything you can collect, I can collect better. No, you can't. Yes, yeah. I can. No, I you can can't. collect yes, can. anything better than you. Yeah. If you can't, I'll sell it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's still creepy as hell. Uh, and you can opt out of everything, put it into deep sleep mode, and it's still going to start phoning home. The, the only benefit from all of these uh, exposés is that for the most part, if you don't have a Wi-Fi connection, it slows itself down a little bit. So you won't end up going over your data just from the tracking of what you're doing. Gosh, that's so nice. (laughs) So if you only pay for like three gigabytes, then they won't use it all up right away. Oh, okay. That's good. They might need more than half a gig though over the course of a month. You might want to save them some. That's really too bad for those people who don't have unlimited data. 
But I guess that's their fault. Just like it's it's your fault if you have anything to hide. Just don't be evil, and then you have nothing to worry about, right? That's hey, if I could sell my information directly and profit from it, I would. Far Cry Six. Brent Justice, you may know him. He did video card reviews for the H back in the day. He's still doing it over at the FPS Review. We visit the FPS Review again this week to discuss his Far Cry 6 video card feature performance review, which features uh, performance of the features. And performance-enhancing <laughs> features. Yes. Let's it's like performance-enhancing drugs. Let's see. HD textures, FSR ultra quality, DXR reflections, DXR shadows, reflections and shadows. Yep. Reflections so if, shadows as long as you got enough memory, HD textures doesn't do a damn thing. Really? It does not hurt you at all. Oh, so it's just uh, just a RAM impact? As long as you've got the RAM. If you don't, you apparently you get nasty pop-ups coming up saying, you've run out of memory. You might want to turn this off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, here we go. 1080p <clears throat> with a 6800 XT. Obviously not yep. memory constrained. It's 16 gigs. Signal was the 3080 follows up with. 124 FPS. But if you turn on HD textures, 124. And I've actually, this is the same with Far Cry 5. If you turn on HD textures, it's just a, a VRAM. Yeah, because this impact. part is still the same as Far Cry 4. Or I mean wow. 5. I mean, okay. the Dunia 2 engine has been around for forever. Now, what they did add is FSR, which, as you can see, when you're not playing with any extra stuff except at 4K, doesn't really help anything. Uh, but you wouldn't really expect it to, especially at 1080p. The you know, flexible resolution is not going to help you at 1080p. But when you start playing with the ray tracing, it suddenly becomes sort of useful. Mm. Let's see. The DSR, so we need, we need, um... Yeah, so you, there you go. So you the reflections and shadows. Okay, here we go. So we're going from no FSR at 4K, 62 FPS. Which is pretty impressive, so, I have to say. A 6800 XP to play Far Cry 6 at ultra quality with the HD textures on. DXR yeah, but with an old engine, you got to remember... Still 60 frames per second without any yeah. FSR. But it goes up to 82 at FSR ultra quality. And it would be even higher yeah, uh, if you were using one of the lower quality modes. Yeah. But in all cases, it's it's perfectly playable on, well, 6800 XT. But this scales down to video cards that you might actually own. Okay. Uh, but it gives you a rough idea. And he pops up with a 3080 uh, a little bit later on. Head-to-head uh, -head at lower resolutions, the 3080 has got a tiny advantage, but as you crank up everything, the AMD card performs a little bit better in the AMD-optimized game, strangely enough. Unless you're running Windows 11, in which case all bets are off. <laughs> you're doing it wrong right now, today. Yeah, let's see here. It's the... Um 3080 versus the 6800 XT. So the uh, AMD card has the advantage to get to 4K. That's been the story since the 6800 <laughs> series launched. So, or the 6000 series launched. Whatever reason. And these are well within margin of error. It, it is. It's, it's very close, but typically NVIDIA cards do better at 4K for whatever reason. Yeah. Now, right. as for the review of the actual content of the game, well. I haven't heard great I agree things. The review. 
Okay. From whom? It's, it's hard to have good things for anyone. Things. Yeah. All right. Same thing that made the other ones fun. You just go run around, get yeah. missions, blow things up. Well, they broke Just Cause. That wasn't as much fun in the last one. Yeah. We'll see. I'll you wait do a lot of weird stuff. stuff. You can do a lot of weird stuff in Just Cause, though. Yeah, well, the newer one, not so much. Hmm. I might not or at least the newer one, then. They, instead of putting you in the middle of nowhere and just sort of learning the ropes and figuring out how to like really do bizarre things to statues and people you're dumped in the middle of a war zone with guns people people shooting you everywhere and are basically trying to learn a new thing where your tethers have balloons on them and stuff I like the so comic. i immediately ran away from that as best i could and i still yeah it just didn't it lost some of the silliness and tried to get more serious and yeah that kind of ruined me doing things just because let's move to picks of the week josh yes get us started me okay so when sometimes when you have puppies and dogs, they do things that you don't like. And my acorn slippers, they did things I didn't like with them. Uh oh. So I, oh, I had to oh, get Josh. something different. And I found these. Izod. Izod makes a pretty good pair of slippers. They're they're half the price of the acorns. And they're probably a little bit more comfortable, a little bit better built, I think. It doesn't have that Berber outside that, uh, you know, the acorns that I had a couple of months ago did. Mm. But I think that these are a little bit uh, a little bit better made, a little, little bit more comfortable. It's got the memory foam in there. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the traction is not as good as the previous one, but it's not horrible. I ran around in the snow tonight. Didn't get really any too wet. It's nice. And, uh, you know, for only 25 bucks. You could do far worse. So, yeah, why not? And it and it doesn't have the alligator on it, which I'm kind of bummed about. <laughs> Josh, I think at one time you actually you actually bragged about your previous acorns in an in an older. Podcast. I know they were comfortable, these are, but they they, and these they didn't better. last long. They oh, well, yeah, I think so. But well, they, I mean, so they, far, they couldn't put up with dog chew. I guess right. Yeah, mm. but even the one mm. that wasn't chewed up. I, I still wore the half chewed and then the non chewed, and uh, yeah, it just uh, it just broke down a lot quicker than what I was expecting. What is it with dogs and shoes, especially slippers? I, I never understood. It smells that. like you, and they mm. love it, and it, they can sink their <laughs> teeth into it and tear. Wait, is it like they're they're fantasizing about ripping you to shreds? Yeah. No, it's just, it's just a comfortable <laughs> smell. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. they wanted to, to kill. Comfortable smell that you destroy. <laughs> you only do the ones you love. Jeremy, your pick. Uh, yeah, so I was uh, running down to the very wire here, and I've actually managed to find a decent deal for Memory Express, which is a uh, it it's it is a couple years old this monitor, but it's still you know a good twenty seven inch fourteen forty p six hundred or one hundred and sixty five hertz maximum uh, with FreeSync two. And currently, it's just a hair over 500 bucks uh, out of Memory Express, orderable online uh, if you're up in Canada. You'd probably be able to uh, get it a little bit cheaper and off Amazon down in the States, but you can't get it cheaper on Amazon up here. Oh, and similar to my last pick, it's almost all sold out, but there are still a few you can get. It was online in stock, and uh, a bunch of stores had it, and now there's just a handful. You're influential. So if you really need it. 
But yeah, decent for that price. And it will last you. Excellent. And Brett, your pick this week? So I was coming down to the wire as well, and I was looking around for, hmm, what can I pick this week? <laughs> and I remembered mm. that occasionally, occasionally, SK Hynix throws themselves a sale on Amazon. So I went to check it out. And sure enough, they've got a 13% off sale on their two terabyte PCIe NVMe storage. And I can at least endorse the one terabyte version because I did check it against a um, an SN750 black a little while ago. And it, it outperformed that 750 uh, in various metrics. Uh, there, there's a small review on the site if you go take a look at that. I can't imagine that the two terabytes any worse. I'm going to ask them. Maybe they'll send me a two terabyte version to review. But 244 for a two terabyte, I did a quick search around, and that seems like a fairly decent price. Uh, and they make their own RAM. You know, maybe they won't be making it for very much longer. At, you know, at this, at this with DDR5 coming along. So this seemed like a pretty good deal. So I thought I would mention it. And SK Honix is throwing Amazon deals on a fairly regular basis. So definitely check. Um, whatever they're selling on Amazon occasionally, like I did today. Uh, my actual pick was completely uh, low-tech. I have a Weber something or other grill. Performer? I don't remember. But it's uh, it's very the grill grate itself. I don't really ever think about it. I go out there and I brush it off with a steel brush and just use it. But when I got it off of there, it was it was horrifying. So I went to Amazon, ordered a new one. I have one of the fancy ones that has the hinge on each side so you can, like, poke around at the charcoal briquettes. How the hell but, are you supposed to burn yourself getting out of them? I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Alarmingly practical. But mm. you can get one of these things for, like, 32 bucks for a brand new... It's like having a new grill. It's like going back in time to when it was not covered in rust and... Oh, random. so you can, like, take that it's nasty old one and just throw it away. Food. Yeah, and we had our big you know, trash You know why it rusts like that? Road salt. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to talk about the yeah. flavor. I'm glad you didn't. No, no. <laughs> I was my whole grill smells different now that I've actually washed it. Because I was like, if I'm changing out the grill surface, I might as well clean the inside of it too. <laughs> well, uh -huh. see, yeah. you're half right there. Yes, clean out the inside for God's sakes. But the grill itself sort of ages and becomes sort of like a cast iron frying pan. Yeah, that's as true. long as you don't let it rust. Yeah, I did yeah. let it rust so i should not have done that but i i felt bad because i put it out at the street because it was our big trash pickup and then all the metal scrappers come through and they look for metal and somebody took it and i'm like i didn't even clean it like i i grilled really? chicken waited for it to cool like, and then put it really? at the street so it was like meat all over it, like oh, nasty. it like sauce. <laughs> somebody still grabbed it yeah they still grabbed it like i should probably oh my god scrape that off but it's not sanitary. Someone somewhere in your neighborhood is going, where in the hell did the damn dog right. find a grill? <laughs> yeah. It looked like it was buried out in the yard. It was ugly. It's like orange. All right. Well, on that note, um, that concludes our podcast this week. We thank you for listening and or watching. And we'll probably do this again next week. I don't think AMD will have another underwhelming graphics card launch, but you never know. Or if they do, the they'll do it Thursday. 6500 XT, which will be like the Navi 23 minus minus. But we need something like that regardless. We need $200 graphics cards that are in stock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just you can't not have $400 graphics them. cards that are not in stock. Killing the low end. <laughs> or $300 cards that no sell for It's, it's driving people back to consoles. Yep. It, yeah. It, which you also gaming. can't buy. Yeah. <laughs> 
But you can get a used P, uh, X, you know, PS4s are plentiful, especially used. Same with the Xbox Ones. And okay. you can still play. I mean, how many Xbox Series X games are there out? Right? That sounds like about how many PS5 games there are. Uh-huh. So yeah, just get There's a PS4 a couple, but... or an Xbox. Yeah, you're right, Josh. You're right. And it's not. It's like basically using a PC because they're they're AMD <laughs> APU powered computers. So don't feel bad, PC enthusiasts. Even though your entire like hobby is crumbling around you, is burning around you. Yeah, your whole this is fine to the PCMR. Yeah. This is fine. Of life. Don't worry. Don't worry about the seven hundred dollar 1080p graphics cards at retail.